to My Writing Table, a podcast where you'll hear from your favorite authors, creatives, and publishing professionals. We'll talk about books, the writing craft, and the often wonky journey to publication. Today's guest, Allison Hammer. This episode is brought to you by Apricot Lane Peoria, where you can get great looks right from your laptop. ApricotLanePeoria.com. Welcome, Allison. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here the day after your second book came out. Such an exciting time. So congratulations. I hear another fabulous launch. Thank you. I am still smiling. It was just um, for a pandemic book launch. It was pretty great. As a creative director by day, what made you decide to begin writing fiction? Um, Oh, good question. I actually think it started the opposite way. I think that I... You know, I've been a storyteller like my whole life, like literally as, you know, once I started talking, I just wouldn't stop. My sister and I used to put on plays. I thought about a novelist, almost like an actor. I I knew people wrote books, like I loved books and I knew that there were people that wrote books, but I just didn't think that it could be a person like me and nothing about me. It just, it didn't seem, it seemed just like on another level. And And I thought about novelists almost like actors where, you know, you're spending so much time on your craft and working as a waitress or as a bartender to, to make ends meet. And I was a hostess once I wasn't very good at it. Like that just wasn't, I knew that that wouldn't be a life for me. And so when I was in college, I took an intro to advertising class and I was like, Oh my God, there's this career that I could, you know, use my creativity, use my writing skills, get a paycheck and insurance, which made my parents happy. And I fell in love with advertising. So really my love of writing led to my love of advertising. Because if you think about it, ads are like mini stories that you're telling. And so I think that the two careers really do go go hand in hand. In You, Me, and Us, your first book, your main character has a similar occupation to yours. Um, I can see where you got your inspiration, but how are you and Alexis similar and how are you different? Oh, I love that question. So I think that a lot of novelists, and I'm sure you've gotten this too with, with your new book, a lot of, of people, readers ask, like, they think that you're your character. And I'm definitely not my character. But with my debut, I mean, I started writing that. It started as a, you and me not started as a short story in college. So I've been writing that character for like 20 years. Um, so I know her very intimately. But what I tell people is that I am not her. She is not me. But if you don't like me, you're probably not going to like her because I think there's enough of my like personality quirks in there. Um, but she is a workaholic in advertising, and I am also that. Um, she is a mother, which I I don't have kids, I don't have pets, plants, or or anything. Um, so we're we're different in that way, but we're both very driven. Um, we're so we have some personality traits in common, but. Um, with, with writing, especially when you're starting, a lot of times they tell you to write what you know. And advertising is something that I know very well. And it's also a, um, something that people seem interested in. Like there's a, there's a lot of movies and TV shows and books where characters work in advertising. And, and I love sometimes they, they, they get it wrong, you know, the specifics of, of how things work, which just like in publishing, like, like there are shows like Younger, which I'm obsessed with, but it's like things don't happen that fast. So I know that there's, you know, there's some suspension of, of disbelief there, but, um, it's fun to write about. People seem interested in it. So, um, that's why I had Alexis be in advertising. 
Well, and it's relatable. It's something that everyone has been exposed to advertising. You're exposed to it, you know, whether you realize it or not. All the time. All the time. All the time. So back to you, me and us. We get a view into the normal life of this family. And then you take us on a trek through heartbreak and a lot of tenderness. What compelled you to write this story? So, um, like I said, the, the start for you and me and us really came from that short story that I wrote in college. And there was something about it. And there was something about her, the character, Alexis Gold, that just wouldn't let me go. And there was more to her story. And so my first book, while You and Me and Us was my debut, it wasn't the first book that I wrote. So my first book also featured Alexis um, and Tommy. It was 15 years earlier in the story. So in that, in that book that's still in my drawer, I hope that maybe one day it'll, it'll, a version of it will be out in the world. But it had Alexis recently, um, she'd been dumped by a boyfriend of like 10 years and she um, just needed to get away. So she went down to the beach in Destin where she ended up reconnecting with Tommy and Jill, who are characters in, in You and Me and Us. And at the end of that book, which took me 15 years to finish writing, which is a whole nother story. But at the end of that book, Tommy and Alexis had become more than friends. And um, I, they, their relationship had just kind of gone to that next level. And at the end of the book, I knew a secret that Alexis didn't know. And that's that she was pregnant. So the book ended with them getting together. And I just thought it would be really interesting to see Alexis as a mother because in that first book, I had flashbacks of her when she was 12 or like when she was 12. So I really wanted to just take a look at, I'm really interested in character and in personality and in people, fictional or real. Um, but I, I thought it'd be interesting to see Alexis, you know, I know I knew Alexis as a 12 year old. So I thought it'd be really interesting to see her daughter as a 12 year old and how similar or different her daughter was to how she was. So that was where the spark of you and me and us came from, this mother and daughter. But I was like, you can't just write a book about a mother and daughter and like how similar, how different they are. And so I let it sit for, for a couple weeks. And one day I was, I was living in Pittsburgh at the time. I was sitting out on my, on my, like, you know, the open patio area of the building. And I just had this like spark that, Oh, Tommy's sick. And I sat out there until it got dark and I just wrote like what was the first kind of outline, really just telling myself the story. The first one was 15 years earlier. And I do have some thoughts stirring for um, another book that would find Alexis and Cece 15 years in the future. A year later, you you delivered Little Pieces of Me, a story of family and identity. Can you tell us a little bit about this one? Yes. So um, Little Pieces of Me out now everywhere. Um, (laughs) Literally? Literally, yes. So um, with, with this goes a little bit back to my um, kind of how I write. I'm a big, I do NaNoWriMo every year, National Novel Writing Month, which is an um, international program that challenges writers around the world to write 50,000 words in the month of November. And so I went from writing, to my first book taking me 15 years to you and me and us, I finished the first draft in two months. Um, and so I wrote You and Me and Us in 2016. It came out in 2020, three weeks, as we said, three weeks into the pandemic. And then I had um, 2017 NaNoWriMo. I wrote Little Pieces of Me. And now it's out in 2021. So I wrote this book back in, in 2017. So it's been around. The characters have also been in my head for a long time. But Little Pieces of Me is a story of identity and family secrets. And again, that, that mother-daughter relationship. 
So it's about a woman, Paige, who finds out through a mail-in DNA test that the dad she grew up with and adored was not her biological father. So the story is told in two timelines, present day, as Paige is making that discovery and trying to process what it means for her, for her identity, her relationship with her mom and her late father. And then it goes back to 1974, where um, her mom, her dad, and her DNA dad are all students at the University of Kansas. So the story, um, the timelines are interwoven together, and um, it's just, I'm really excited for it. I'm really happy, and I can't wait for people to, to be reading it. Just knowing it's out in the world is pretty cool. I went to University of Kansas for, for my first two years of college. I transferred junior year to University of Florida. There was actually in the Daily Kansan, like right after I had made the decision to transfer, there was like a cartoon that had somebody like piled in snow and they're like, that's it. I'm transferring to Florida. And I'm like, I really am. But it was, <laughs> it was really fun going back to Lawrence and, and getting the, um, I was a member of Sigma Delta Tau. So the characters are in the same sorority that I was in and they go to AE Pi fraternity parties. And it was really fun to, you know, granted this was, um, the book takes place there in 1974. Um, so it was way before my time, but it was still fun to go back to campus and write the, write the book. Writing a story about DNA and all that comes with it, what did that research look like? So I didn't do a lot of research. I, um, I'm not great with math or science. I'm definitely the more creative side of the brain. Um, so the main research I did, and it's interesting, I, you know, the book is about like the DNA surprise is what, what like starts everything off in the book. But the book is really about relationships and it's about identity and it's about family and friendship and, and love and loss, which is kind of my, my sweet spot. So I didn't have to do a lot of research for that. But where the idea for the book came from is um, actually a friend of mine had a similar experience. So back in 2017, I, you know, I didn't even have, I hadn't even signed with my agent yet. I was pretty early in the, in the writing process of the career side of writing And I walked into a bar and saw a friend of mine and I said, hi. And she said, you'll never guess what I just found out from Ancestry.com. And I was like, "Uh, okay. So I guessed a few current and um, historical political figures that she would not, that knowing her, she wouldn't want to be related to. And she kept saying like, no, no. And I'm like, tell me. And she told me she got a a parent-child match with a man who was not her father. And at first she had thought it couldn't be true but she did some, um, some Google research and found out that this man had gone to college the same time and place that her parents did. And I just, my, my writer brain went right away, like, there is a story there. And Absolutely. when she told me that um, she didn't think that her DNA dad, that he had any other children, um, that's really when the story came to life in my head. And she reached out a few weeks later and said she'd be happy to talk to me if I wanted to write a story similar to hers. And so I got a lot of information from her experience, but I wanted to make sure that it's not her story. It's just her story is what sparked it. But I gave the character a few things. Like um, I gave the character her drink of choice, vodka soda with a splash of cranberry and and a few little things like that. But the character is from my imagination and and so is her story. So what did she think of the, of the, the final book? I think that it's probably weird. I think that the beginning part of it the discovery part is very similar. She gave me the um, transcription of her conversation with the customer service. So I can't imagine like reading a fictionalized version of something that happened to you. And I think there are like two or three chapters that are close to her story. 
And so I can't imagine. I mean, she's she's been so supportive and has shared the book and has been amazing. Um, but I'm sure that she has mixed feelings about it. We've talked a little bit about it. And again, like because it's not her and her experience or her emotions, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's weird, but she's been she's been a really good sport. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's great. Yeah, she's a good friend. You told the story using a dual timeline. So how did that compare to writing the other novels you've written, um, both published and unpublished? How did that compare as far as your process went? So I love Dual Point of View. My first book wasn't, but my debut, You and Me and Us, was a point of view between Alexis and Cece. Um, And with this, there's just something that I really enjoy about seeing a story from multiple angles and getting, getting to know the different characters. Um, and so what made this one different and unique, and this is, it's interesting. This is the first time I've talked about this. Um, and all the times I've talked about the book is that there are two timelines, two point of views, and also like two different like writing styles. So I wrote, I wrote the present day chapters in first person present. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote the, the past chapters that are then in past tense. Um, and that's interesting. I haven't thought to, to talk about that anytime. Um, but this was my first dual point of view and dual timeline. Wow. Um, and I reached out to Julie Clark, who her book, The Last Flight, was like amazing. Um, and I, she gave me some advice about how to have handoffs. So like having some sort of link between, you know, when you, when you switch. But I originally wrote the book not like that. I originally wrote the book in three different parts. Part one where, was where my character made the discovery Part two was back in 1974 when, you know, everything went down at KU. And then part three was her coming to terms with it. And when I sent the manuscript to my agent, she said that she liked the book. She loved the characters. But she said part two back in 1974 is so driving because you know that these two characters, I mean, they had a child. You know that they had sex at some point, but you don't know like how or when or where, like you don't know any of the details. And so it's driving and it keeps the reader like turning pages, but then it ends and there's still, they find out and there were still a hundred pages left in the book. So I literally took the book apart and put it back together again. And I, I printed out an outline and I cleared off my kitchen table and I like had it all um, spread out. I had to write about five or six new chapters. I used post-it notes for like, okay, I need to have something here, but it, um, it came together really well. So that was a very different experience between the first book and the second one. Very interesting. Very complicated too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, I, people seem to enjoy it the way that it's written. And it honestly yeah. feels the way it feels like it was meant to be that way. And Julie's advice really helped for making sure that like that, the, that the storyline, that the story flows, even though there's two different stories kind of under the same umbrella. You're one of the founders of every damn day writers. Can you tell us, why we should write every damn day and what the group is about. Absolutely. So um, yeah, every damn day writers, we've got over 500 women writers now on Facebook. It's a support group. Yeah. It's amazing. And it started, I'm a big believer in community. Excuse me. I'm a big believer in community. And I think, you know, a lot of people think that writing is such a solitary experience. And while it is you sitting at your desk um, it's not a solo sport in the sense that there are so many people who help you every step of the way. And um, Every Damn Day Writers got its start during NaNoWriMo. We are a Facebook group um, for women writers. We're up to 500 writers on Facebook, which is amazing. Um, the group actually got its start a few years ago um, 
around the time of NaNoWriMo, um, we were a group of writers had a nano support group where every day I would post a different prompt in the group and it was just a place where people would come and, and share their word count and um, just really camaraderie and community. And at the end of that month, none of us wanted it to end. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll change it. And it became the Every Damn Day Writers. And about two years ago, we decided to make a public version of the group. So we still have like a small group that, of the group that started. But on the Every Damn Day Writers, we have, I have, we have eight different moderators now. And everybody takes a week and has daily posts where people can come in and, um, you know, answer the question or share what they're going through. They're, they're sharing their sharing their successes and their struggles. And it's been, um, it's been pretty great how it's come together. I know I appreciate it. I'm not on there every damn day, but there are days when I need a little inspiration and I go kind of get back in the writer groove again. So thank yeah, you. And you know, writing every damn day, like it's a lot of people, you know, I listen, I used to listen to a podcast. I still listen to it. Um, the bestseller experiment, um, and in the beginning of its podcast, it's been going for several years now, but in the beginning, it was two men who wanted to write, edit, publish, and market a best-selling novel in a year. And through that, they had every week, they had a different author or publishing expert on. And so many people were giving me advice to write every day. And, you know, for some people it doesn't work, but for me, it works. And I think that it's almost like going to the gym. And for this week, like launch week, I have not written a word. And when I go back to my computer, to my, you know, to Scrivener and open that document, it's not going to be easy because I haven't done it in a while. And so even for me, I find that even if it's 10 minutes or if it's 15 minutes or 200 words, however I measure the time, if I show up and if I do something, then the next day when I have more time, it'll help. But the other thing that I really strongly believe is to, to forgive ourselves and that if we don't like, it's a goal, but if you don't write every day, it's okay. Like you can, you know, it's whatever works for you. Some people, I used to work like so much on the weekends because my day job is is so intense. Um, some people take the weekends off. I think that you have to find what works for you. But even if you're not like a strict every damn day writer, the community that we have in the group is, is pretty special. What is the best writing advice you've received? Oh goodness. So much. One of my favorites, I really, because again, my first draft of my first book took me 15 years to finish. I have a very strong finish first philosophy now where I finish and then I will edit after the fact. Um, and first drafts can be tough. They can be challenging. My critique partner, Brady, is all the time like telling me like, it's okay. The first draft its job is only to exist because I usually hit that middle point and I'm like, that's terrible. I'm awful. I don't know what I'm doing. This book is the worst. I want to give up. And she reminds me that I feel that way pretty much every manuscript at that point. But um, I'll say my favorite, one of my favorite pieces of advice is a quote from Jodi Picoult, one of my favorite authors. And I have this like written down in, in many places. And the line is, you can edit a bad page, but you can't edit a blank page. And that to me just says so much. And it, it helps me give myself permission to not try to be perfect, to just get the words down and I can, I can make them pretty later. But I think that we can be our, as writers, we can be our own worst enemy sometimes. And just being able to, to let go and worry about getting the words down and worry about, you know, people reading them later. That's a great thing for us to take away from this. And we're honored that you were able to make time for us this week when your book launched. So thank you so much, Allison. 
Of and, course. Thank uh, you for having me. It's so, always fun chatting with you. And I hope that someday soon we'll be able to, to get back together again in person. Writer's Table Podcast Music by Pavel Yudin and Photography by Casey Meineke. If you like what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button and consider leaving a review.